Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it, a brand new week. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. It's the 18th of September, 2023. Happy, glorious, delicious, uh, what the hell, Monday. Yeah, Monday. I know, Monday suck, but you know what? Just is what it is, what it is. It's Sunday right now, and actually, I'm recording this at 4 o'clock, and shockingly, I can't watch the game because I don't have NFL Sunday ticket. I don't think I'd use it. And it seems like it costs a lot of money. But I have been asking the, uh, I'm not going to say its name, the Amazon thing, what the score of the Lions game is. And they're going to overtime. They were down by 10 with a couple minutes left, and they somehow managed to tie it. So who knows what the hell is going. Things are, this could be a sign of the impending apocalypse. Just be aware of it. Anyway, don't forget, support the program, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or Derek Hunter dot com. S'il vous plaît, if you please. Appreciate you get the weekend F and review. Went off about these uh, Christy Nome allegations. I'll give you the quick dime store summary without the obscenities. And you also enter the contest. I'll give away the signed book at the end of this show. Um, I I don't know, you know, the rumors going around. Christy Nome had an affair, having a years-long affair with Corey Lewandowski. I don't have any idea what goes on behind closed doors. I don't care. You know, I, I don't really give a damn. This Democrat who was inviting the whole world to pay her and her husband money to have sex to watch. Them, I, nobody wants to see what's going on behind closed doors. But two words for, for that Democrat, Susanna Gibson, because she's a semi-attractive woman. Semi. She's I, I issues, whatever. But tan lines. All right. If you're going to do porn in horribly for fluorescently lit bedroom, which is... You're a nurse practitioner. Your husband's a, an attorney. I don't know. I expect you to have a nicer bedroom. I expect you to have some nice furniture or something. But, you know, whatever. I watched one of the videos. It wasn't hard to find. She's out there going, oh, they leaked these. She posted it herself. You can find it. It's it, If it took me, I don't know, a minute maybe to find a video, it wouldn't take anybody else more than two minutes to find a video. And, uh, you know, reverse cowgirl is all I'll say with the finger digit dropping in other places. And then the offer to do things that, you know, are pretty popular in prison, less popular in real life. If and people would pay more money. That's where it really gets classy, I think. People like to think that when they're having sex, they all look as good as porn stars do when they're having sex. You don't. We're all... We're all hideous at it, and we're all ugly looking when we do it. You know, it's good enough, and that thank God standards are low. But the uh, idea that you know, like the world, the world would really love do it. No, no. You can tell these videos were live streamed and not edited. I, well, I assume that's why. That's how I could tell because they look terrible. They just look terrible. Their dialogue is stupid. That makes the pizza delivery guy who stumbles upon the woman who just happens to be topless answering the door to get her dominoes. That makes that look Oscar worthy relative to the things that they were saying. But of course, they're doing it for money. So whatever. But that's not a scandal. That is headlined with stories like 
Well, the uh, Democrats are rallying around this woman. She's she's a victim. It's a double standard. Does it really matter? Yeah, it does. It does. It's a it's a course. And then you sit there and you go, well, our culture is coarse. And look at Donald Trump's mean tweets. Like, yeah, you guys are are rallying around a, somebody who basically was this side of a prostitute. I mean, it's not prostitution because they're not taking on new clients, but they're doing it for money. I've been to Amsterdam. I never availed myself of a prostitute, and I never attended a live sex show, although they're all over the place. But I don't know what you call the performers who have sex on stage in front of people for money. Is there another word? Actor doesn't seem right. Porn star, I guess, but they're not being filmed. So prostitute, you're having sex for money. It doesn't really matter that you're having sex with a co-worker to the cheers of the audience or having sex with a member of the audience. Seems to me that prostitute is the proper word for it. So are Democrats going to elect a prostitute? Probably. Probably. Told you before, Democrats support a lot of things simply because Republicans don't don't like them because Democrats oppose those things. So it wouldn't be surprising to me if a Democrat did that if Democrats elected somebody who's basically traumatized their children and uh, really just, I mean, how do you how do you get past that if you're a kid? I don't know. On the other hand, you got Christy Nome. What's the story? She's having an affair with Corey Lewandowski. Years-long affair. Why? Because they were spotted together at several events. Washington, D.C., as I've said before, is high school with paychecks. High school with paychecks and, and better lunches. That's it. It all the immaturity, all the mean girl crap, all the douchey sort of bullying crap. That's it. If you go to lunch with uh, somebody the opposite sex who's attractive because they're sexist, <laughs> a couple of times in a month, like, oh, I heard you've been spotted around town with so and so. You banging? You hitting that? No, no. We're just working on a project here. Oh, okay, okay, sure, yeah. Anyway, how the hell did you hear that? Well, you know, so somebody just told me. Just heard stuff. I see stuff. I see. Okay. Well, that's weird. We're just working together. All right, sure. That's how D.C. works. Now, part of that is because so many people in Washington, D.C. are, you know, whores, for lack of a better word, political whores and literal whores. And so they project on if you're doing something, then everybody's doing it. You try and just, part of you knows, no matter how you pretend, part of you knows you're doing something wrong. So you just pretend that everybody does it and you make it normal. Just like I, my argument about abortion. There's people who are giddy and like gung-ho about abortion. You're like, what the hell? How do you get like sexually aroused at abortion? What's wrong with you? And it's like, well, they've had a bunch of abortions and they, they're riddled with guilt. It probably haunts their dreams. But if they can convince more people to get them and then hang around them, and so they can all talk about how absolutely normal it is and insist, the more insistent they get about how normal it is, the more pathetic it is, but they can insist that it's normal, then maybe they can calm themselves down. I don't know, just a guess, just a guess. And so if you're screwing anything that moves, you kind of look at everybody else going, ah, they're screwing around. I don't know what the state of Christy Nome's marriage is. I don't care what the state of Christy Nome's marriage is. She's bucking for a position as vice president in a Trump administration on a Trump ticket. I'd still vote for it. I'm not voting for Pope. You know, that's it. Christy Nome is a good-looking woman, so it's an easy rumor to start. If somebody's around her, they're only hanging around her because they want to sleep with her. Well, 
She hired Corey Lewandowski because Corey Lewandowski was going to raise her profile. If you want to raise the profile of the governor of South, you may say, well, she's governor. She doesn't, how do you, she doesn't need her profile raised. Name another governor of South Dakota. Name, well, Doug Bergram is the governor of North Dakota. He's running for president right now. Name another governor of North Dakota. Name any governor of Montana, Wyoming, Colorado. What, except if you live in that state, name a governor of another state. You can name a few. You got DeSantis, you got uh, Newsom, you got whatever the people that have made it on the national stage. But as far as the middle of the country, name one. Name, who's the current governor of Wisconsin off the top of your head? Who's the current governor of Wyoming, Idaho? Name it. Go ahead. You can't do it. So you can't tell me, well, she's governor. You don't need to raise a profile. You're already governor. That's not how politics works. You need to get on people's radars in places other than where you've already been elected. You're on their radar. You got them. So you hire somebody who's connected like Lewandowski. And again, I just want to say, just in case it comes out, yeah, we've been having an affair. We love each other. Whatever. I have no idea. It's irrelevant. The stories that have been written thus far are a whole bunch of anonymous people going, well, they were sure together at a lot of events. I saw them at this event. And then I saw them at that event. And then I saw them at another event. And they were to get, yeah, well, he's, supposed to raise her profile now wait a second by your own logic you saw them together and they were having conversations because you know she's paying them uh somebody sent me a message she's not paying him this this the governor's spokeswoman said that uh she cory lewandowski is a volunteer not on the payroll yeah of the governor the governor but you know there are other organizations the campaign is different than the governor's expenses that sort of thing. Super PACs are different. Political action committees are different than the governor's office. If he was pay, being paid by the state of South Dakota, he'd probably be political malpractice and she should resign. That would be an abuse of power. You're trying to raise your profile by hiring somebody to do that with state funds? Problematic. So, of course, the governor's official spokesperson will go, yeah, that's not on the payroll. So we'll see if it all shakes out, if it goes anywhere or if it just goes away. But it is not uncommon for somebody to go, I want to meet big donors. And Corey Lewandowski knows the big donors. He knows the big donor class. He knows the kingmakers and queenmakers. So you hire that guy to take you around to different events and introduce you to the right people. And then you got to get involved with the grassroots because that's how you get things done in a political campaign. So you go there and you go, I saw them at this event and that event and the other event. And boy, they were talking. Okay, so wait a second. So you were at all these events too with Corey Lewandowski. Are you sleeping with Corey Lewandowski, sir? But no, that's ridiculous. Well, why do you automatically assume that she is? Well, because they were talking. You mean like people who know each other? Like somebody who, before you go into a meeting with somebody, you have the the staff are going, all right, here's who's going to be in the meeting. Here's who they are. Here's you got, you got to make sure to talk to this. This one is married to this one. And this one is the really cares deeply about this one. So here's how you, you make sure you mention this, that, or the other thing, whatever it is, that's what you pay people for. That's what their jobs are. So to sit there and say, well, they were near each other. So they obviously have to be banging is, well, high school with paychecks, just saying. So as we watch all this crap, I just want to bring that up and put that out because I don't know how it's going to shake out. 
But I do know that uh, I've seen this game before where everybody just goes, well, they have, they have to be having an affair. Why else would they be together? Well, it tells you more about the people saying they have to be having an affair than it does about the people, even if they are having an affair, that you look at somebody and you go, there's no way they're not banging. It's the only way that they could ever be around each other. Well, you're telling me that the only way you'd ever be around somebody the opposite sex is if you're having sex with them. Noted. All right. I'm going to slowly back away. And scene. Whatever. Anyway, the country is right now suffering through an auto workers strike. Have you noticed it? You probably haven't. It is very limited impact right now. It's not a full-blown strike. It's one strike at each of the big three, three different plants in one place. It's going to have ripple effects. It's starting to have ripple effects, but it's not a full-blown strike just yet. The unions want a 40-plus percent raise. They want a return to pensions. Most people are scratching their head going, what's a pension? Exactly. Only government employees get pensions, but that's the world that we live in where these people want pensions. They want pensions. They want pay raises. They want this, that, and the other thing. And you get, and then what are you seeing? Okay, I'm indifferent towards this. I don't have a dog in this hunt. My father has passed away. It wouldn't have impacted him anyway. But the UAW kind of screwed retirees over a couple of times in the time that my father was retired. So I'm not super sympathetic, certainly not sympathetic at all to UAW leadership. But you watch this crap unfold. And one argument that the left is making, and some people on the right, the populist right, are making too, is does this, the CEO makes 300 some odd times what the average employee does? Is that fair? It's not a matter of fair. If you don't like what you're paid, you can find another job. It's weird to hear Democrats making this argument when they're making the argument simultaneously that the economy is so great and their jobs galore, they're just jobs coming out of everywhere. Then find a new job. Also, you see people interviewing, oh, I make $16 an hour. And you go, well, I drove past a McDonald's that was hiring at 22 bucks an hour just the other day. What do you, maybe, maybe you should consider other options if you want more money. I get it. You, you, know, you don't want to do that. It's scary and it's fast food and you consider that entry-level. Okay, whatever. Maybe you get a mid-level management job at a McDonald's. Maybe you could be running a McDonald's in a couple of years and be making more money than that. Maybe your union has grossly let you down if after 10 years at this job, you're only making 16 bucks an hour and you can't subsist on that kind of money. Huh? What about that? No, union's going to save me. Okay, well, when was the last time they did? If, if things are so bad, when was the last time the union saved you? When was the last time union made things good? If your salary, your wage is less than the starting wage at a fast food joint, I might posit that the union has not been a full-blown positive that uh, in your life that the union leadership is trying to tell you that they are. As for should the CEO, does the CEO deserve to be paid as much as that, that much more than So what? Again, it's based on performance, whereas you really can't be fired. CEO can be fired. They're paid in stock options, so it's in stock in a lot of cases. So it is uh, performance-based, right? It's performance-based. It's not here's a, your 26 weekly checks that break down to $36 million 
in salary. No, it's not generally how it works. Probably works that way somewhere, but let's be honest about how it works. So if you don't like it, you can leave. That being said, has your union leadership let you down if you're only making $16 an hour and you believe you are worth more? If you cannot make your monthly nut off of that, whose responsibility is it? You can't go into your boss, thanks to your union membership, and make a case that you deserve a raise, even if you do deserve a raise. Because Well, you can go in and make the case that you deserve a raise, but you're not going to get a raise because your union contract forbids merit-based pay increases. Right? Bust your ass. I worked really hard. I did it. Yeah, that's great. That's thank you. Uh, you. You can get a hearty thank you, although I'm not sure and wouldn't be surprised if the UAW currently outlawed that as well. You can notice the UAW's priorities by the fact that membership is complaining about how little money they're making. And the UAW leadership, one of the big concessions they got a few years ago was having every election day off. Not so their members could go vote. They can have every election day off so they can dispatch union members, UAW members, to polling places across the country to electioneer for Democrats. That's the priority of the UAW. Not normal rank-and-file members are out there. It's the true believers. They vet them. There's not going to be somebody with a Trump sign and Trump bumper stickers going to get the UAW literature and go to the polling place. It's They're not going to be invited. They're not going to be welcomed. They're out there ultimately as a tool of the Democratic Party. That's why they asked for it. So you sit there and you complain that you're not making enough money. Do you feel as though that's really been the priority of your union? Do you? I don't think so. Sure doesn't seem like it to me anyway. But I'm not a UAW member. So it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. I have no love for the big three. If uh, you can get as much as you possibly can get out of it, good. But I don't care for the union leadership. They are out there for, I know, and the stories are they have yet to endorse, they have not endorsed Joe Biden for real. Well, the election's 16 months away. We all know where they're going to fall. We all know where they're going to go, all right? They're leveraging this to their advantage, trying to get the Biden administration to come in and put the screws to the big three to give them their membership more money. That's all well and good. That's politics. That's what you got to do. But at the end of the day, there is no real risk that even though data has shown a lot, maybe not a majority, but a hell of a lot of UAW members voted for Donald Trump in 2020. And there would, you know, if you polled their membership, I suspect Donald Trump or any Republican would do quite well in that poll. But it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the union leadership always brings it home. They leverage things. They play games. They play coy. They play hard to get. But at the end of the day, they always come back to home because that's where they are. That's where the bread and butter is. That's where their power is. You look at Randy Weingarten's making like more than $350,000 a year. She's out there supporting these union members. She's uh, got her union member. Teachers need more pay. You're making a fortune. You're in the 1%. And you always, always lay down with Democrats. You always lay down with Democrats. And you go, hey, wait a second. What's going on here? 
Yeah, you're you're a scumbag. That's all. You're a scumbag. It's no different over at the UAW. I would love to be pleasantly surprised that they would unhitch their wagon from Republican from Democrats and go to Republicans. It's all over this EV, this electric vehicle crap. UAW is going to get ultimately screwed on that. But at the end of the day, the leadership of the UAW has to pay some lip service to, to their membership or else they'd get a revolt. But they'll cave. They'll cave to Democrats. They're on board. They are progressives. They are on board with the whole agenda. This just happens to be their wing of the party that they have to manage. Just watch. Just saying. Just watch. Speaking of uh, workers and employers and what have you, AOC and a couple of other New York Democrats had one hell of a time the other day. They were up in New York and they were having a press conference, right? Trying to make the case for how we've got to help these sweet, sweet, nourishing illegal aliens. These people's obsessions with making sure that the illegal aliens get all sorts of benefits is something to behold. It really is. Honest to God, you sit there and you go, what about, what about, you know, Americans? Now, they don't care. We are not their priority. But in the background, people are getting sick of this. Not a majority, probably not anywhere near a majority in New York, but a vocal minority can accomplish quite a bit. And at this press conference, they went after AOC and were shouting down, seal the border, seal the border, while she's laying out her fantasy wish list of things that she demands the federal government do including the second one here is quite something else. Give them work permits, get them to work. Again, flooding the market, artificially depressing wages, and screwing over low income, low education, manual labor Americans that Democrats used to pride themselves on being the only supporters of. It was a lie then. It's a bigger lie now. With that? Yes, and ultimately I think that there are three points of consensus here that are very important in getting a solution to this issue. The first is that there is there is consensus here across geography and states on increased federal resources to cities and municipalities dealing with this issue. The second is to allow for work authorizations so that the folks in here can get to work and start supporting themselves as soon as possible. They are prevented from getting jobs, they are prevented from employment, and that is part of the strain on our public systems. The faster that folks can access the work that they're asking for legally, the better we can solve this problem. And the third is extension of temporary protected status for Venezuelans who are the largest population that are arriving here. Oh, yeah, no, we need super special status for the Venezuelans, and we need them to be able to work. We need all of them to be all get work permits. Well, we find out, you know, whether or not they have a legitimate asylum claim. Here, I'll adjudicate their asylum claims right now. None of them have legitimate asylum claims. Therefore, we can solve this problem immediately by a combination of sealing the border and deporting every single one of them. Problem solved. Oh, then, by the way, wages would go up, not artificial or not artificially down. They would go up because employers would have to fight for employees. The UAW would have a much better chance of winning their strike. Of course, if Democrats gave a damn about workers, as they always say, workers of the world unite. They don't ever say about what. 
They just say unite. They're very good at barking out orders. They're less good at following through or giving a damn or, I don't know, being honest, things like that. You hate to see it, except that you love to see it because it couldn't happen to more deserving people. (laughs) By that, I mean the horrible, horrible leftists. All right, speaking of horrible leftists, I want to play you this audio of a school fight between a teacher and a parent. Now, normally these aren't good, and it's not a physical fight, so relax. It is a fight over, it looks like a parent-teacher night. And I suspect this teacher isn't doing a very good job because behind her at the podium, in very Hitlerian fashion, she's got that progressive vomit flag, pride, and like trans. It's just all the colors of the rainbow, except for red, white, and blue. I'm not interested in that. And it's over a map of the United States. And this is supposedly, allegedly, a history classroom. I'm not sure how much history is being taught in there except for left-wing, this country is god-awful, terrible sort of history. Well, a parent had enough, went up there and ripped down the flag. Probably be charged with a hate crime, to be perfectly honest with you. You have an absolute unmolested right to burn the American flag, but you have no such right. Even if it's not your flag, you can just grab somebody's and burn it. But you have no right whatsoever to burn a left-wing progressive flag. People are sitting and people have gone to prison for defacing Black Lives Matter flags, for example. Why? Because, well, it's it's protected class. This woman is black, by the way, the, not the teacher. The teacher is a typical middle-aged left-wing white lady teacher. And the mother is a black woman, a woman of color, as we say. So you can see that something's going on out there. Maybe not on a mass scale, but for it to make a difference electorally, it doesn't have to happen on a mass scale. It just has to happen a little bit. And the more people see it, the more it happens more. What's surprising to me, which makes me think that maybe this could be a setup. Maybe. I doubt it. It seems too real. But neither one of these people swear in this video. At least I don't think they do. Which is shocking to me in a confrontation of this sort. But the mother's had enough of this crap. Teach history, get this crap out of the classroom. Tears down the flag, throws it in the garbage can. The teacher becomes, well, a leftist, super nasty. Starts calling the mother name, little girl, things like that. Just real trash. Tells her to shut up to the point that the kid, her kid, high school, judging by the size of the kid, says, hey, don't talk to my mom that way. You want to talk about causing problems leftism causes a problem everywhere it goes because the one thing I promise you kids aren't learning in this class is anything true related to history that matters in life. Oh, well, we're going to spend the next six weeks talking about Stonewall. Great. Congratulations. That will never serve your uh, life's needs in any way, shape or form. But congratulations, you'll learn irrelevant history. We're going to spend all the time learning about slavery. Oh, are you going to teach about the slave trade in Africa? No, 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 no. It's just about evil whitey. Okay, there you go. What about slave trade that, say, Kamala Harris's family engaged in down in the Caribbean, which was not race-based. It was black slave owners and black slaves. Well, no, we're not going to, we won't have time for that. It's just whitey, whitey, whitey. No, so you're indoctrinating children, and that's it. Well, that's a nasty word. Yeah, because you're a nasty person. 
Anyway, listen to this fight over the flag of the progressive gods. Wait, what is not? Wait, what are you oh. doing? Not, not. Oh, that. I came. I'm not paying my. How dare you? I am Mom. not paying my tax money get to out. support. Get out of this type of now. You like, why do you have this hanging? And. Why do you have this hanging up? Uh, it is part, part of the students. Here. No, it's not part of anything. Mom. That is uncalled for. Mm. We are paying you to teach history, okay. and that's what you need to be teaching. Excuse me, this is a public school, oh little lady. You are excused. Oh you are. Do you see my, what's on this no, side? No, no, no. This needs to go exactly where it is in the no, garbage. You need to go in the no. garbage. Get I'm out. teaching my oh son to grow up to be a man. And I don't want you hanging up right. flag. I'm calling security. Oh, wow. Hanging a flag up I'm calling for you security. to sit up there and teach them the type of stuff I'm trying to keep them away from. I told you what would happen. I told you. No. I told you somebody here going to get mad. You need to be teaching history. No, you need to be teaching history. Shut up. No, get out. Hey, I'm not getting out of nowhere. Like I'm not getting out of nowhere. Hey, no. You don't tell my son to shut up. And it sounds like a fun time, doesn't it? This is going to happen more and more because progressives are progressives always. They simply can't control themselves. You see these mutants posting videos of themselves with 17 different spikes through their head and their rainbow hair and their flags all over their And they go, I tell my kids about how to be gay and how to do this, that. And they're like, well, okay, well, can they read? No, they can't read, but they don't need to read if they turn out. I'm saying that all they need to know is that they can be any gender they want. Seems like in life they need to know a little bit more than that, right? Wouldn't you? No, 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 no. You need. Oh, God. There's going to be a hell of a lot more people walking into classrooms for parent teacher conferences and seeing this crap all over the room and going, what are we doing? What is this? They're either going to take their kids out of class or they're going to start ripping stuff down. You're going to start ripping stuff down and say, you know, you, you wrote my, you gave my kid a C, said he can't read, can't do math. Maybe it's because you're spending all your time on this crap. Maybe it's because how you spend your weekends and what you allow to penetrate you in different places and different ways and your thruple have impacted you to the point that you can't function and do your job. I would take issue with anybody who feels compelled to talk about their sex lives with children. I wouldn't want them anywhere near my children. I sure as hell wouldn't expect them to be able to teach children because there's something wrong with them that they're compelled to do this. They seek external validation. Pay attention to me. Oh, look, my personal relationship is just as valid. Hey, my my crayons don't have red. I don't have any, oh, Well, I don't have the love of my parents. Maybe it's not because you're gay. Maybe it's because you're a weirdo. Maybe it's because you're telling a kindergarten class about, you know, how your husband is pregnant. You know, ever think of that? People don't respect me. Yeah, well, only because you don't really deserve it. You're not acting in a way that deserves it. This is going to continue to get worse and worse and worse. And uh, I've already written about this before. Somebody's going to get killed. Something's going to happen. Something bad will happen. And there's nothing going to be done about it. Nothing can be done about it. Nothing will be done about it. Because why? Because 
They don't care. The left wants it. The left kind of needs it, to be perfectly honest with you. Because otherwise, if there isn't violence, then the story is just about, and it doesn't matter who starts it, because the left will always just blame those right-wingers. If there isn't violence, then the story, then the discussion is about the substance of it, right? The substance of it. Parent got mad at a student again, or teacher again, because the teacher was insisting that they talk about their sex life in class. Democrats lose there, but if they shift it to those violent right-wingers, no matter how much garbage that story is, then they stand a chance. So... Don't be surprised as leftists move to make themselves even more victim. This, like this woman, I never heard, I, I guess I heard of Marin Morris for, I don't know what she's done. She's a country singer. She's kind of a piece of crap. She's big lefty. That's how I hear about her is, is her involvement in left-wing politics. But the Hill reports, singer Marin Morris announced she's leaving country music due to the effects of the Trump years have had on the music genre. Now, I don't know what that means. Leaving country music is it's stupid. If she still records her crap music, it's gonna and it's she's not rock and roll, it's country. It's like whatever. Quote After the Trump years, people's biases were on full display, the Bone singer said in an interview with the Los Angeles Times published Friday. It just revealed who people really are and that they were proud to be misogynistic and racist and homophobic and transphobic. Oh, she's leaving country. She's bitching about the, the Try That in a Small Town song. She whines, quote, It's not out of true joy or love of music. It's to own the libs. And that's not, and that's so not what music is intended for. You can tell she talks like a teenager. Music is supposed to be the voice of the oppressed, the actual oppressed. And now it's being used as this toxic weapon in culture wars. Shut the fuck up. Excuse my French, but I'm so sick of these whiny leftist pieces of trash. Oh, that's so mean. You gutter snipes have been using music as a weapon. Your white savior complex out there. Don't worry, I'll protect you. We don't need protection. No, 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 you do. You're too, you're a minority, so you don't get it. Now you're, oh, shut the, shut up, white woman. But they, and suddenly there's some pushback. There's their own medicine. And this is why I say the left needs a good dose of their own medicine. And they'll go, oh, no, this is an outrage. I'm leaving country music because all these people disagree with me. All those people disagreed with you all along, you gutter snipe, you piece of trash. You won't be missed. I don't know what you've done. I don't know who you are. Um, so congratulations. Go away, I guess. <laughs> you know, she's out there. See, she's raised $100,000 for pro-trans organizations. In the that's okay, that's acceptable. See, she's the music has to be for the voice of the oppressed. What if you're the one doing the oppression? Hmm. I hate them all. I really do, and I do love it when the comes back and bites them in the ass. Jan Wenner, he was the co-founder and publisher for years of Rolling Stone. He got into hot water. Why? He's a He's now a gay man. He wasn't a gay man until he was in his 40s or 50s or something. Like that. But now he's a gay man, and he uh, is a liberal, well, was a liberal in good standing. Thought he could, I've listened to his book, his autobiography on tape. It's kind of funny because he, 
he talks about how him and Bono are good friends, and him and Bono are this. And Bono, you think him and Bono went to high school together? He name drops Bono. So he name drops a whole bunch of people. Then you, I listened to Bono's autobiography, which is really interesting. And Bono reads it; it's really good, and he sings. And it's I, I highly recommend it. It's one of the best produced biographies ever. And Bono makes casual mention of Jan Winter once, I think, as the publisher of Rolling Stone. And one time they interviewed him. That was it. Like, huh. One guy jumping around going, me and Bono are friends. Me and Bono are friends. Did I tell you me and Bono are friends? Me and Bono are friends? And then Bono's like, yeah, no, uh, Jan Winter, the uh, irreplaceable editor of Rolling Stone magazine. And that was about it. Like, oh, wait a second. Reminds me of every time I hear some conservative quote-unquote radio host interviewing a member of Congress or some politician, governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, they go, we're good friends. We're super good friends. And then they could refer to them as sir constantly. Like, wait a second. Are you now, I don't know who Peppermint Patty's sidekick is, but she called Peppermint Patty sir all the time. I wouldn't think that she's, Peppermint Patty considers her a friend. I think Peppermint Patty considers her a supportant. If you're really good friends with somebody, you call them by their first name. You don't, you don't call them sir all the time, but that's, that's how the world works. It's for show. People lie. People are frauds. I think Jan Wenner is just as big a fraud. My good friend Bono, my good friend Bono. And Bono's like, yes, I've met Jan Wenner. Ah, seems a little different story there. Anyway, Jan Wenner stepped in Associated Press. Jan Wenner, who co-founded Rolling Stone magazine and also was co-founder of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, has been removed from the Hall's board of directors after making comments that were seen as disparaging towards black and female musicians. He apologized within hours. Quote, Jan Wenner has been removed from the board of directors of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Foundation, the Hall said Saturday after Wenner's comments were published in a New York Times interview. Wenner created a firestorm doing publicity for his new book, The Masters, right there, and raise his name, which features interviews with musicians Bob Dylan, Jerry Garcia, Mick Jagger, John Lennon, Bruce Springsteen, Pete Townsend, and U2's Bono, all white males. See what I mean when I say I love it when the left's Frankenstein comes back and uh, destroys the castle? Asked why he didn't interview women or black musicians. No, he, he didn't interview, say, like John Lennon last week for this book. John Lennon is dead. He didn't talk to Jerry Garcia the other day. Jerry Garcia's been dead for a while. These are past interviews that are being repurposed for... Because to capitalize on his best-selling autobiography, they're like, all right, well, I'll do another book. This is why I haven't done a second book. i got to have a good idea to do a second book. Most people just crap out. They sell a book, and then they go, all right, I'm going to crap out another one. And the publisher goes, all right, we'll just throw it out on an unspin. You know, that had, the first book was good. The second book that was just a, a year later was about nothing. It was like a rehash of the first. It was nothing important. It was, well, you bought it, didn't you? That's all that's important. So he's capitalizing on that. Jan Wenner is filthy rich, but he's a capitalist, even though he decries capitalism. So he said, well, let's repurpose a bunch of old interviews that I did with people. And uh, yeah, we can do that and make money. I will publish it as new. Howard Stern sold a you know, half a million books just repurposing, actually just the transcripts of the audio interviews. He didn't even actually sit down and write it. 
So then uh, the story continues. Asked why he didn't interview women or black musicians, Winter responded, quote, It's not that they're inarticulate, although go have a deep conversation with Grace Slick or Janis Joplin. Please be my guest. You know, Joni Mitchell was not a philosopher of rock and roll. She didn't, in my mind, meet the test, he told the Times. Quote, of black artists, you know, Stevie Wonder, genius, right? I suppose when you use his words as broad as, uh, use a word as broad as masters, the fault is using that word. Maybe Marvin Gaye or Curtis Mayfield. I mean, they just didn't articulate at that level, end quote. Now, if you've ever seen Grace Slick or Janis Joplin interviewed. I have not seen Curtis Mayfield or Steve. I guess I have seen Stevie Wonder sort of interviewed. And again, not super compelling, not super interesting. I, maybe I haven't seen enough. But when you're talking about somebody, they've just been interviewed a hell of a lot more. There are some really interesting, in, Mick Jagger less so. Mick Jagger seems to have amnesia about his own life. I think he just likes to play coy. But Springsteen has written an autobiography. I think he sucks. I think he's overrated. Townsend has done an autobiography. Bono has done an autobiography. Dylan has done an autobiography. Lennon has been interviewed a thousand times while he was alive. Same with Jerry Garcia. They did a lot of introspection. They did long-form interviews. They're out there. If you sat down with a junkie like some of the other people and you try to have a conversation with them, it goes nowhere. They could probably talk about music very well, but not much else, their own music in particular. So you can just say, well, no, these are the people I found most interesting. But Jan Wenner went a step further, said, look, you, you go find an interview of Janis Joplin. Tell me if you understand what in the hell she's talking about, all right? Good luck to you. Tell me if you figure out what in the hell Janis Joplin is talking about, because she's hammered most of the time, okay? She's absolutely hammered out of her freaking mind, all right? So there you go. Tell me and see how that works out. Just saying. But he's catching hell for it because he is a big lib. It's hard for me to have any sympathy for him. As much as I think he's being railroaded, I don't care. Because Frankenstein's monster is coming home to roost. And Jan Wenner has been the creator of many monsters throughout his life. So it is poetic justice that his comes to an end uh, with him, not that he's dying today, but with him, this will probably ruin him as far as reputation-wise. We won't get a third book out of it. It, uh, it comes to an end professionally, publicly, f the same way he's tried to, and successfully in his magazine still does, try to destroy so many other people who made the simple crime of disagreeing with his left-wing politics. So screw him, screw them, screw them all. Get what you got coming to you. It's hard to be um, sympathetic. Let's just put it that way. It's hard for me to care. <laughs> all right. Well, <clears throat> we've got... Where the hell did that go? We've got a... Uh, damn it. I just had it. I'm pulling up the winner here while I'm talking. I can find the... I accidentally deleted it. I got to go back and undelete the email. But we do have a winner of the... Oh, my computer is freezing up. Hold on a second. There it is. And I don't know 
who it's like Madonna, the winner of the book. They uh, it's like Madonna. Roland, congratulations, Roland. I think that's how you have Roland. R O L A N D. R O L A I D S. Uh, you probably got that as a kid. Sorry. But you've won. You chose Hurting Cats by Trent Lott. Congratulations. Check your messages. Somewhere in there, you've got a message from me through the uh, website telling you I need your address so I can send you Hurting Cats. Congratulations to you. Thank you for the support. That means Gene Hackman is returning this week and he is going against. And now, I'm surprised at how popular Gene Hackman was. I mean, not Gene Hackman. Trent Lott. There are a lot of people who wanted Trent Lott. In a lot of emails, people want Trent Lott. I only had one Trent Lott book. Somebody, uh, Roland's getting it. But this other one we had before, it wasn't super popular. I'm going to try it again, mostly because it's in my office, in my room, my sanctuary. And I forgot to go downstairs and dig through my boxes and come up with another one. So sorry about that. But uh, Gene Hackman, who I imagine will probably pull 100% of the wants this week, versus Tom Brokaw, A Lucky Life Interrupted, the memoir of Tom Brokaw, Tom Brokaw, NBC News. People forget he wasn't, uh, especially compared to what NBC News has become, he wasn't that bad. I'd have taken him. I watched NBC News. I liked Tom Brokaw back when he was the anchor of the nightly newscast. And the greatest generation did more to highlight <clears throat> World War II generation than just about anything. So grateful for that. I met him at an event, a book event, and uh, this is his biography. Let's see, it's uh, the first edition, too. Autographed in pen by the one and only Tom Brokaw versus Gene Hackman. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. Five bucks a month get you the ability to enter please check it out please support the program please come back tomorrow tell a friend bring a friend with you put him in a headlock give him a wedgie whatever it takes we'll be here come rain or come shine have a great one wait a second let's just check this alexa what's the score of the lions game eh, the lions lost 37 31 yep had one week of glory. See, if the season were only one week long, they'd had a pretty good year. That's all the time we have. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.